The following program is brought to you by your friends at Podcast One. Don't forget to download our new Podcast One app. Podcast One presents Starving for Attention with Richard Blaze, an entertaining behind-the-scenes look at the world of food, where you'll hear from anyone and everyone from the culinary industry, including restaurateurs, TV hosts, celebrity chefs, producers of your favorite cooking shows, and many more. Now, here's your host, Richard Blaze. I was on episode seven when you started on one, and then you made me go back and watch those episodes with you. Hey, guys. Welcome to Starving for Attention. Uh, as, as Jasmine and I, uh, and Gigi, who's here, off to the side. Uh, hey, what's up, Gigi? Uh, are having a conversation about um, our show that Jasmine has watched. It's not our me. show. So you've ruined it her thing. It was my show, and then you decided you wanted to watch it. This is true, but then you watched the I was the already on episode season. seven. This is what show are we talking about? Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. So the Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, which I found is fascinating. It, of course. You showed me one episode and I was like, this is my new show. Typically. Then we started watching it together. Boys don't like this show. I'm not a typical boy. I know. Everyone knows this. You're wearing a pink sweater. Um, I know. The reason why we're starting the podcast here is because <laughs> we had this heated debate right before we turned the mic on about streaming services and all of these television shows that are now on networks and you know being broadcast by companies like netflix and amazon and hulu and facebook and all of these things that are happening right yes uh and our guest today is andrew knowlton yes who is the host of a new netflix show called final table yes Uh, and that was all sorts of amazing but it opened up this uh conversation about whether or not competition shows are good when you can binge them and then we got into the marvelous uh miss mazel and we like like i feel like because you can binge a show, we, it loses the, that's our thing on Thursday night. We sit down and we watch. But don't Marvelous you think people Mrs. are remaking Maisel. their thing? They sit down and watch three episodes of Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Like, like that's like, their thing. Like, they just like go hard. Or they watch the whole thing together. Right. Like yeah. Vegas I think style. it, I think it's just changed the way um, people consume television. Right. You know? It's created think, new emotions, obviously, because I was genuinely a little offended because you, you, you put me up on this new hilarious. show. And then, then Gigi let's, came into town. But let's be honest. And you started watching it with her. No, she, I didn't watch it with her. We, she, already watching watching it. It she already okay. watched it. She already watched it. We're right. we're both eagerly awaiting season two. I, I think, think it's, it's just. Three. I think it's just because you don't know how to access it. That, that's why you're mad. I can <laughs> figure it out. I don't think I, so. You don't think I can figure it out? I don't think so. I know how to put pl- play, PlayStation. Okay. I, I love how you paint me as incredibly technically challenged. It well, is somewhat it true. Is, it is true. And it's, it's kind of a funny juxtaposition being that you're kind of like the science guy when it comes to like food and cooking. Yeah. But like... I'm more just like the, you know, mad professor in the Yeah, garage. you kind of like like fun things. But yeah, but when it comes to like any technology <laughs> at all, like a computer, like you sit down on my computer and it's like I put a bear in front of a computer. It is not that bad. I like him. I mean, it is not that bad. That's I like how you like. He likes fun things. He likes fun things like blow up and like you think make a puff a of smoke. Guy, yeah, and he's given a keynote talk, but it's really just that he likes. He just fun likes to things. freeze things and break them. And yeah, he's actually, that's horrible <laughs> uh, description of me, but probably accurate. Well, Andy Knowlton is hosting this new show. It's called Final Table. We had the uh, privilege of watching a screener, an advanced yeah. episode of it. It's coming out today or tomorrow. Today. Uh, today. Yeah. Kind of amazing that we timed that correctly. Amazing. Um, so you can watch all of the episodes of this food competition. Or you could watch one a week at the same time. I guess you can. <laughs> if you wanted to. Um, but listen, we got to see it. I think it's, it's, it's interesting because I, I'm going to get it right off uh, uh, on the table here. Is It's a show I feel like I kind of created in my mind. <laughs> like 
And this is what I want to create it in your mind. I wanted to talk about this because it's no, we've been, you know, we've had a couple of like competition shows that we have put in front of people. A matter of fact, at Netflix. <laughs> so, <laughs> so X amount of months ago, I've been at Netflix in a studio pitching an epic food competition that did not obviously go through. Yeah, but it wasn't like this. This is a no, little it different. Was, it yeah. was a little different, but it did involve great chefs cooking like amazing food without a lot of this sort of like, right. oh, you have to cook the from the vending machine in sure. five minutes and you have to do something that's outrageous and wear a helmet while you're doing it and you're going to be chained together for the next 30 minutes, which is most of the shows I've been involved with right. recently. Um, but it, it did make me think about how many times has, has someone out there who's listening to this podcast, how many times have you watched a show and been like, I invented that yeah. show. I had that idea. I had that idea. I invented iTunes, so I totally get it. Right, right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So like you invented <laughs> iTunes, which is a perfect example. Definitely. And like I, you know, uh, Andrew Knowlton has stolen this show from me called Final Tale, which is not true. But like not I think true. we all have these moments where it's like, oh no, I had that idea. And well, like didn't this happen to you when you were pitching a show? Didn't this where the, uh, I don't remember the network and we don't even need to mention it, but um, weren't you pitching a show and the executive stopped you and was like, I have to stop you there. Yeah, this is a very, again, like I'm a novice in this world, so I don't want to paint myself as some sort of expert, but I am pretty experienced as, of, of trying to sell television shows <laughs> and not having them be sold to this point. And it does happen if you're out there pitching an idea and you're in a network or whatever, you're talking to someone and you have uh, an idea that is something that they're already kind of working on. There's sort of a legality to it where they will in the middle of the pitch be like, I have to stop you right there. <laughs> We have something similar in the works, right? Right. And uh, so it's happened to me more than once, yeah. Um, which yeah. is kind of crazy. But it but I, it makes sense because then otherwise you have Richard Blaze going around saying, "I created Final I created, Table." Right, right, right. Well, of course, there's legal aspects to it. But yeah. I want to, and you're right. But I think that's it's interesting to. I, we should do a podcast where I just record an actual pitch because we have a couple coming up in the winter here when we get <laughs> that back. Is probably uh, from legal. Europe reasons to not do that yeah as well. probably not but it yeah. would be just for the comedy of it it yeah. is pretty good because like it, it can go you know either people are either they love it so much right that like you know that there's no way that this is going to work like right. they just love it they yeah. love on you board. yeah they are all about you they're a big fan that's not great and there's and then there's the stop right there yeah. without something and then <laughs> there's go any further there's also the wait you're not the person i was supposed to be meeting yeah. like someone just you got the thrown. intern yeah. right like the like the, the, the desk person is just all of a sudden now taking a pitch meeting uh so there's all different ways that it goes um but i wanted to talk more about like when you you know when you did have that idea when you created itunes yes as an example right, right? in college yes right the fact was like you could have acted on something right Possibly. You could yes. have sure. figured it out. You Absolutely. could have stopped yeah. everything that you were doing, dropped out of school, yes. Gigi sitting next to you, <laughs> yeah. and be like, I'm going to invent this free streaming music service right. where you pay for downloads or whatever, right? right. Yeah. Um, and, and how often do, do are we kicking ourselves as creators, makers, entrepreneurs, because we don't move on something, right? Sure. Yeah. Well, first to market's a big Right. A big first thing. to market. Yeah. Which also is something that I'm like we're working on. We had this conversation yesterday about, um, you know, first to market is really important. And sometimes you just don't move on it because you don't know how. But other times it's because I think a lot of artists specifically, I'll use chefs as an example, want to make something perfect or as close to perfect as they can before they introduce it into the world. Okay. And I feel like that is, I know that that is an entrepreneurial mistake. Right. That the idea of perfection versus speed. Mm. Right. Well, where are we talking about? What feel are we? I mean, because you, you mentioned a chef. Right. So 
but when you're eating like food, well, even if I'll, we're talking I'll go, about food, sure, like, we'll talk about food in two different ways. So right. even going back to like the television show idea, the fact mm-hmm. is like when this show didn't get picked up that I created, right. I needed to just brush myself off real quick and get right back out there with sure. another iteration of it. Right. Right. Instead of, you know, trying to, you know, wait to craft the next idea that's mm. perfect. Right. Right. Sure. And sure. And especially if you're, if you're selling ideas like this, whether it's a book or a television show or something creative, a story, right? Right. Um, the fact is Los Angeles, well, everywhere is filled with tables just like this with 12 people sitting around it right now, yeah. brainstorming ideas for all sorts of ideas, for all sorts of concepts. Sure. Television shows, movies, whatever it yes. is, books, right? Yeah. But you got to move. Yeah. And like, you can't just sit back and try and like craft something that's perfect, right? Yeah. In the entrepreneurial right. space, this is really important. You had mentioned Tesla. Like, I did. Like, huh, that's true. Like, just get it out in the world. <laughs> right. Like, if you're waiting get for it, it to there. be perfect, yeah. that's not the world we live in. You can always update things. Right. Um, so I've, I've just been kind of fascinated with this idea of perfection versus speed. In the more concrete cooking world, Right. Um, I think it can happen a lot. Uh, well, I think like, you have both, both, both things exist, right? There are some places that are more about speed and there are some places that are more about perfection. Right. Well, I mean, let's just think about like creating a dish, right? Like, right. I mean, how often do you know, I think, are you trying to create a special that's like got to be perfect? And the fact is you got to get it on the menu and that's when you can start making those adjustments, right? right? Like for most of my food personally, it usually takes an initial dish and then it runs through the first weekend. You tinker with one part of it. You realize one part of it's better than the other. Right. You, like when it goes on, it's not done. Right. Is what you're saying. There's evolution right. that happens also when something's happening, right? Like you need sure. something to, or, or let's use sports as an example, right? Like your offense can evolve. Now, do you think now, you, now you've worked with like, you know, Thomas Keller or Daniel Ballou, like you think that they, they approach it the same way? Do you think that when they put a dish on the menu, you think it's like, hmm. this is done, this is perfect <laughs> and done? Or is it like, oh, this is in the, in the works? First you know? of all, great question. Oh, uh, I mean, I think, again, I, I worked for them a long time ago, but yeah. they were both very different. I, I did feel like there was more of the uh, let's make a perfect dish and then it goes on the menu aspect of like the French laundry where like Danielle was more like, let's get it out. It's already great. Mm-hmm. You know, like they're both great. They're yeah. both starting great. Right. But let's get it out and then we can it can sort of evolve and grow. Mm. Um, and I, I, I think also it, I think speed also I think can keep you in a natural place right like if you're over tinkering too, like a rhythm you mean uh, can keep you especially with food or something that's really artistic i think it kind of helps but speed versus perfection uh I th- it's been something i've been thinking about mm. a lot because yeah. i'm not perfect but no. i can be somewhat quick fast <laughs> okay <laughs> um because it is right you had mentioned first to market it's someone who it's yeah it, it counts if you popularize absolutely nothing yeah. jasmine hey you're yeah. down with the Anilon, aren't you? Yes, we are. I mean, we've been cooking a lot at home with it. Eggs, pancakes, roasted Brussels sprouts yep. with mirin and ginger. Yes. I'm just making stuff up right now, but it sounds you, delicious. I think you did make that, though, Pumpkin didn't you? with mirin butter. Definitely. And I'm really digging the fact that like the surface is on these Anilon pots. Brussels sprouts are moonwalking literally across yeah. the surface so of these easy. pans. The Anilon Advanced specifically, the nonstick technology from the first flat surface nonstick, hard anodized cookware pans and pots. We've been using them a lot. They're still acting as if they're brand new too, which is kind of crazy. They're also easy to clean. Uh, They're comfortable graphite colored sure grip handles. I don't know if you've noticed that, uh, but I have for sure. Silicone grips provide a confident grasp. And I know you need that. When you're tossing around those Brussels sprouts. Totally. Tempered glass lids, which we always say, like, guys and girls, lids. A, pretty, a pretty lid is nice, you know? A pretty lid is nice and also, like, I and mean. And they made them pretty, so use it. And yeah. you can't cook rice well without a lid. 
True. Right? So yeah, the, the rice we've been cooking on the uh, Anilon Advance has been crazy. Listen, if you want to get down with some Anilon and cook like we do at home and here at Starving for Attention, you can visit Macy's to shop the collection or go to Anilon.com now. So back to our guest here. Yeah. Is this the moment? There's been a lot of cooking shows on Netflix. Is this the moment now where competition shows are going to be well, there's certainly- sh- these binge-worthy streaming they're certainly trying. Numbers. I wonder, I don't, I don't know, and maybe you know this, but uh, you know, does Netflix look at those numbers? Like, do they want people binging all 12 episodes on the first day? I assume they do. I assume that's a metric that they actually are trying to hit. Like, yeah. I, yeah, I mean, watch I, again, I don't know from the inner workings of it, but I would think even, even with music, right? I mean, you had talked about iTunes. Like, like I mean, are there even albums anymore? Like, I say this as yes. like an, a, 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 yes. you know, obviously a, a silly dad. Yes, perhaps, but they but come a lot faster now. They come a lot faster. Yeah. And there are albums, but also like there's a lot of artists are just dropping intermittently yeah. uh, songs. Like just Well, they drop songs music. from the album, right? So it would be like releasing um, an episode of a show before you have the full season, right? Right. So it's kind of like that weekly programming idea yeah. actually it's so like going, in reverse so the, the music right. world is going yeah. in a, a reverse yeah because they, they drop like two or three songs off of an album and then they drop the album yeah yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna guess that well and you know where where it is great i think is when you can release and this is from someone who also hasn't had too many shows renewed or picked up for a second season i think it helps the team that produced something when you have all the data right away right, right. so like we drop our whole season right. you're gonna know within a couple of weeks right off the bat yeah. If like that show should go back into production to produce another season. Right. Um, whereas mm-hmm. if you are doing the weekly thing, you know, it might stretch out to halfway through or a couple of months into a show's existence before you realize if it's caught. Right. You know, some podcasts kind of drop that way too. There's a couple of podcasts that have started to drop in that binge uh, way. Definitely. These right. are, like they drop, bloop, they open up and it's 12 episodes. Which season is amazing. One, right? Which is, by the way, yeah. we have a lot of exciting podcast things happening. We do. Yeah, we do. Which I'm quite... But you're like questioning it. Yeah, uh, a lot of lot of creativity happening. Well, I, I mean, but we had mentioned that the podcast is kind of we're following the Tesla model of uh, just <laughs> putting something out there, right? Right. Someone's like, uh, "Hey, uh, the audio broke." We know, guys. Yeah, we, know. we know. We know it's not we always know. perfect, it's not, it's but not hey, always we're perfect. we're getting it out there. You know, nice. <laughs> <laughs> we are. Uh, but Andrew Knowlton, uh, kind of an amazing dude. I will say this: uh, I will endorse this show. <laughs> I am endorsing this show. It's really good. I uh, think he'll be very happy to hear that. Obviously, they came it on the podcast, good. so we're, I mean, yeah. we're gonna we're, we're friendly. And he's a great. I mean, like we cro- must have crossed paths many times in Atlanta, and I don't know if we ever met formally. Yeah, he kind of comes at me. Not to spoil what's about to happen, but he comes at me about like my existence in Atlanta and and. I think he comes at you. I think he. I think he says you hate Atlanta. Well, it brings you a rumor that exists. About okay, you, probably. which is not true. Which not, we can put know. that to bed right now. Yeah. Um, but in watching even just one episode of Final Table. I was really struck with how well Andrew Knowlton yeah. performs. Yeah, he did really well. Really uh, well. Because you yeah. never know. Like, for, I mean, it's not his first time on TV by far. But first time hosting, I think, something like that. And I mean, you just you never know. You know. Well, especially um, it's the team, the production team. There are, there are some of the execs are um, from the MasterChef world right. um, that I know a little bit. And, you know, you can, you can see that sort of, you know, glossy lighting and network sort of, uh, you know, UFC fighting like epic battles sort right. of in this on the set and with the lighting yeah and those are the things that I think are also tougher like it's one thing like you're sitting on a microphone in your living room doing a podcast or you're writing for Bon Appetit and you know you're the boss at Bon Appetit like Knowlton was yeah. is and uh, it's another thing to then be on a stage with like a fog machine you know introducing <laughs> 24 chefs yeah. in a global epic 
you know, right. cooking battle. Yeah. Uh, you know, and it's not even nerves. It's just sometimes like comfort of it. But I thought he did incredible uh, as a host. And yeah. like I wanted to, I, I, there was a part of me that was like, oh, I hope he, I hope maybe he's not that great because then maybe they call me back. <laughs> <laughs> maybe season two, but like uh, it, it, it yeah, is fun when you see someone good. do a really yeah. good job, he especially it. if it's their first time. Uh, did you, you watched a little bit of it. I did. Yeah. Yeah. What, what, what were your, what was your take? Uh, same. I mean, I can, I can see the little bit of the MasterChef influence for sure. I mean, I, I right away was like, it reminded me of like kitchen stadium, something about that, you know, that stage. I don't know what it was, the darkness, like you said, maybe a little bit like iron chef in a way. Um, yeah, that makes sense. It was, it's like master chef meets iron chef, but yeah. I also want to be clear when we're saying master chef, this is professional cooks. Like right. yes. the people no, no, that are yeah. listening to this podcast are like, you know what, whatever happened to cooking shows where like people just cook yeah. where this guys and it. girls just go at yeah. it. And this, that's what this is. Yeah, this is the, it for these sure. These are like, yeah. there are Michelin star chefs out there. Yeah. There are all sorts of awards. I think that uh, I don't quite remember, but they generally have enough time to cook. Right. Uh, and you're seeing the best of the best. Yeah. Uh, cook with really interesting, amazing ingredients, and right. I love that they have this uh, global global tint focus, right? Like to it. cooking, cooking the dish of a of a country, right, or, or at of least a region. In the episode yeah. that we saw. So I'm not sure how it's going to work out. I think that's how it works the whole way through. Does we'll it? have to binge it when it comes out. Today. We're going to binge it. Yeah. Maybe it can be our new show. Maybe. since the marvelous Miss Maisel is not, since you have left me for your mom. I was on. I, I was on episode seven, and you are on episode two. I was amazed. We weren't by watching it, it together. I'm, you know that Good, I'm obsessed with all things like stand-up comedy, and like, I, and I also love period pieces. <laughs> and what is it? It's the early. It's the late fifties, early sixties, New York. 50, late fifties, yeah. Late fifties, New York City. Fascinating, guys. The wardrobe is insane. Yeah. <laughs> this is turning into a different podcast. Totally different. Uh, Andrew Knowlton, Final Table. He's coming up right now. Netflix. Uh, Netflix. Bam, bam, bam. Netflix today. and Grill, not Netflix and Show. Enjoy. Dude, what's going on, man? Nothing. It's Thanks. crazy. I mean, I just moved from to from New York after 25 years to Austin, Texas. That's a big which, switch. Uh, which, first of all, there's a part of, uh, I think, I know that we love uh, both of those cities. I'm a native New Yorker myself. But, like, um, that's kind of cool, dude. Like, like, you, like, like it's like a really hip, hip move, I feel like. Right? Well, it was, it was like a, it was a total lifestyle move. I have two yeah. girls, and it was just like New York was so hard. Mm-hmm. And it's just, I know every generation thinks, oh, New York sucks now. It's not what it used to be. But I just sensed a change, and it was like we weren't as happy as we could have been. And I think just to see my two girls, like they can't internalize why they're happier now. Mm. But just New York's a hard place. Yeah. No, no yeah, joke. Yeah, yeah. And it becomes yeah. your and it becomes your normal, and right. it's not normal. You're right. 100% Matt and I right. were saying, yeah. like, LA is not normal. Right, no, yeah, no. right. There, no. I mean, I mean, without turning this into a, uh, a larger <laughs> scope <laughs> picture, um, they're, like, the idea of bubbles, right, in any spectrum yes. is very much true, especially in New York and LA. Right. right? It's, it, is, it is not, you know, every other place in the country. No. Including Austin, right, which is... Absolutely. A, a, which is Austin and then... Texas. Texas. It's right? a it's a it's a blue dot, and then there's some red, the red stuff around. Yeah, yeah. So like, as someone dots. who as as uh, people who lived in Atlanta for a while, a kind of a similar thing. There's Atlanta, and yes. then There's like right. everything that's surrounding and, it. And the other way we looked at it is like, as far as I know, this this is our only life to live. And I've only lived, you know, I was raised in the ATL. Yeah. Moved to New York City. I could have spent the rest of my life in New York, but it just seems like why not? And if if, if it doesn't work out in Austin can always move back or I can go where my wife's from in Norway. It's like, why not move around? You know, right. like uh, if you can. I Did mean, you say a, Norway? 
She's from Norway. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh. Yeah. If you can, I can we just go? Uh, like we'll just go out. <laughs> She's there. got her family. Her family has a house. It's so. Do you ski? Uh, I mean, we snowboard because we're like uh, you know we think we're. Well, cool you can we take are. the tram from city center Oslo, go up for like ten minutes, and you literally put your board on as you're getting off of the metro wow. onto this hill. <laughs> that's that's awesome. that's, that's like, it'll blow your mind. I it, mean, it gets dark at like eleven in the morning. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of love those things though, right? Yeah, I am thirteen point four percent Norwegian. Oh, you are so, like we've you know we do this. I, this is by the way my new this thing is, that I do yeah, with everyone that I mean it's like thing. I just yeah. start revealing different layers of my one. DNA. Is yeah. it? Is it? Like, not do, do you not have you done one of these People tests? Are. I have not. So, I know it's big online now these days. It's a, I mean, it's, it's kind of a massive popular. thing. I mean, it, I think it's going to affect so many industries, even the food world. Quite honestly, um, but I thought I was Swedish growing up for a long time. But you're actually Norwegian. But I'm Norwegian. Well, welcome. So it sounds like a like a American Express commercial, right? It was. It was. Express commercial. But then it's like, well, I'm Norwegian, which is kind of cool. Have you been? No. You've never been? No. You I mean, have I, to go to Oslo. I, yeah, yeah, I mean, I've never been to Scandinavia, which is like, especially as like someone who's a, a modernist chef, I feel like, right? Is the like, food. And, and Oslo, to me, is like always played like fourth fiddle to like Helsinki, Stockholm, and Copenhagen. Copenhagen. Yeah. Right. But now Oslo's like on the rise because most of those ingredients that all those other countries, they're going up to the fjords in Norway and stealing all the beautiful shrimp. Or the sea urchin or the scallops. Yes. So if you go Mimo in in Oslo. Of course, yeah. I think it's one of the best restaurants on the planet. We need wow. we need to go for sure. I can, um, I can, I can hook you up. Nice. Uh, can you? Yeah. That's I mean, there's good. only 4 million Norwegians. So we all kind of know <laughs> if you marry one, you know, kind yeah, of yes. and they all drive Teslas. They do. There's tons. Right? How do it's, you know that? Well, I, mean, I, I drive a Tesla. Oh, okay. So, and like, did you not know this? No. Like the, it's like the second largest market for Teslas. Well, the, 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 is it, is it, I'm assuming that. it's a, you know, an energy thing. It's right? an energy. Yeah. So you can sit out in front of a coffee shop and you just watch all the Teslas. It's because they tax based on how many liters a car has so you'll see all these huge mercedes benz and bmws but they're all 1.8 liters so they have really no engines in it. it's just the body right and you get a huge tax break on these teslas so everybody has a tesla like everybody yes and um and and for the norwegian models uh there's a special trunk where you can like store your pickled herring you're ridiculous i'm just making that up but i feel like that should be you know my my wife's gonna be mad at you she hates those stereotypes no i'm kidding i was gonna say like i mean i I mean it 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 is a it is a national but if there was but if there was one they would totally that's what i mean i I, I once did this weird um press thing you weren't there but i I was in china and i'm in beijing and i'm there for like a car i'm there for mini cooper or whatever but i have no idea really what I'm, i'm not gonna talk in a basketball arena in beijing for Mini Cooper, and then they drive out a Mini Cooper that was themed after Richard Blaze. One of the highlights of my life. Yeah, <laughs> right. Where it's like, whoa, you did this for me, right? And it's like, but my Mini Cooper had uh, chicken cages on top of it. Oh wow, like live chickens in it. Wow, and a nitrogen tank on the back of the engine. I'm totally safe. Like, this yeah. is some fast and furious. <laughs> like, That's how you want to travel? Like, I love what they think of me though. Like, I, I like organic chickens and molecular gastronomy. Yeah, yeah. this is pretty, 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 pretty wicked. Rad Power Bikes is a consumer direct electric bike company producing five unique models of electric bikes. Uh, Rad Power Bikes is a direct brand. Buyers get premium electric bikes without paying huge markups caused by dealers and third-party retailers priced at often less than half the price of comparable bikes on the market because dealer retail markups are cut out. On top of their already awesome prices, this Cyber Monday, November 26th, Rad Power Bikes is making it even easier to get people riding. 
They're doing deals on all models of electric bikes, up to $400 off per model. One day only sale on Cyber Monday. Cyber Monday also includes free shipping on all electric bikes to the lower 48 states. At 750 watts of power, all five models have the most powerful motor an e-bike can have while maintaining street legal status. No license registration or insurance is required. And you can finance your bike for as low as 0% APR. Just about $100 a month can get you riding. All five models give riders uh, the choice to ride pedal-free with throttle. Utilize five levels of pedal assist. And riders can travel between 20 and 40 miles on a single charge. Listen, visit www.radpowerbikes.com slash podcast to learn more. And don't forget to shop their Cyber Monday sale on November 26th to save big. Jasmine, what is that again? It's www.radpowerbikes.com slash podcast. To learn more. Your life besides changing, like moving from New York to... To Austin, that's yeah, a big move. That's a huge yeah. move. Um, you're 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 still a part of Bon Appetit. Still you're, an editor at large. I mean, still... I feel like you are Bon Appetit. That you know, you feel I I there's I left. There's a piece of DNA still in me. I mean, I grew up there. I spent m- m- most of my life, you know, yeah. representing Bon Appetit and and through the evolution. And and you know this, like when I think we're pretty much similar age. When I when we got into food, it was a much different field than it is now. And I've kind of seen that evolution at BA as like pre-food network and pre-celebrity mm. chefs. And now, you know, now we're in this different different era of food. But you also know? You, you were able to ride, like you said, you've seen it, which is great, right? Like, which is amazing because, I mean, I was just in New York doing the Food Network 25th anniversary. Anniversary party, of right? the festival, right? Um, yeah. But you you rode that wave, which I think a lot – I mean, publications and people and brands themselves have trouble sometimes – navigating like we wrote you know and after you know we had gourmet was the same company and then when when they went under you know we never knew what was you know but we've evolved and obviously print is not as important as it used to be it's like digital and videos and podcast and 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 that to see that and i think for me it just keeps it so much more exciting too And, and you have access to so many different types of things the way we didn't back in the day. What was the, in, in, in those years, and again, you're still a part of it, but what was the biggest, on the print side, the biggest change? Was it, was, was it food television, like in general, or was it celebrity uh, chefdom? I, I, think, I think it was probably just that everybody had access to the same things all of a sudden. It used to be kind of almost like this ivory tower where somebody would lecture down at people about this is how you cook right. or you can't get the same ingredients as I can. So especially from the chef point of view. Right. And now that like the markets are better, I just think people became more savvy. It became cool to like food. Like it wasn't a thing that, you know, that old saying about you either went to prison or you became a chef. Right. It was kind of true yeah. back in the day. It was like, <laughs> and now people, I don't know if that was with you. No, definitely. Yeah, there's, there's <laughs> a, I mean, we, you know, the pirate ship sort of mentality. Yeah. Right? Like, right. this was, this was the work to be had. Right. Yeah. For people this who couldn't work in other places, perhaps. Right. right? And, or, and, and now it's become, it's become less of like an occupation and more like I, I view restaurants and chefs and the people who produce it to be like kind of cultural anthropologist for the stuff that matters the, the more our world becomes the same the more you can walk down a street in rome or new york or wherever and see the same shops food is that one is is language and food is that distinct thing that makes a culture stick out yeah. and i don't think people recognize that for a long time that it is that kind of pure window into a culture right and i think 
not to bring it back to the final table, but that's something that the final table has been able to do is a, is a window into all these different cultures, all these different backgrounds. I know there's plenty of competition food shows. You've been yeah. on one of them, a very famous many one them, that changed that changed yeah. that changed food television. And that's what's cool about this one is not just an American show, but it's it's a global show. Yeah. You so know? let's get right into it. Um, I would have got into it. So you've had a, you've had a no, 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 no. I was just is here, like like we <laughs> like, gotta get hurry in. up. Um, no, I'll talk it. about Atlanta. You no, hate no, it. you we'll hate Atlanta, don't you? What's that? You hate Atlanta. I don't hate Atlanta. Uh, okay. That's good though. I like how you're flipping the script. This now. Here, you know what it is. I miss Atlanta. You have a Dodgers hat on, by the way. I do have a Dodgers hat on because they're in the World Series, and I live in. But if the Braves were in the World Series, would you have a Braves hat on? I don't personally know the Braves. Manager, I know the. Oh, manager. okay. So not to be Touché. real, not to be real, LA on you no, right no, no, now. No, no, no. But like Touché. Dave Roberts is like. If I knew Dave I, Roberts, I would have an LA. I got him on the. I got amazing. him on the text I will message be. I mean, if I need it. Like an awesome guy. He, and he is he an amazing is an guy. Awesome guy. Yeah, and it, I, I, you know what I love? I mean, not to turn this into a sports thing, it's not. But I love uh, like big, deep franchise, like storied brands yeah. and like right. the Dodgers, like Dodgers well, I mean Stadium. I don't hate on I'm a Mets fan Amazing. by birth you know from New York but like I don't hate on the Yankees See, like I was, the Braves and the Dodgers used to be in the National League West together don't, yes. don't ask me why right yeah. and the the Dodgers used to kick the crap out of the Braves <laughs> every single year so I have this built in loathing of LA that makes sense I grew up actually a little bit more of a Braves fan than you would expect and I always tell the story it's kind of especially as we're talking about like Netflix and like cable television right when I was young it was like the early boom of cable television right TBS when, right TBS yes so as a New Yorker a kid growing up on Long Island I could only watch the Mets Yankees or Braves on Braves. TBS or, or the, the Cobs on, on WGN I, w- I had the same childhood <laughs> yeah. I got goosebumps that was like because like that's a very it was like I could watch Bozo the Clown <laughs> On WGN and that's actually the watched. Cubs. You are right, yeah. but that was the early. Or you could, or you could watch game. Harry Carey get sloshed by the sixth inning. That's right. You know? Come on, everyone. <laughs> Leon Dawson just got. <laughs> uh, um, but okay, so listen. So, so it's been a big year for you. Yeah. I'll bring it back. It's yeah, been big, it's been a big. I mean, like there's a big been move, some life life changes, big life change. Yes, and now the show's premiering this show's in like a couple weeks. A couple right? weeks. Yeah. yeah, it's. I mean, when Netflix. When the producers came to me and said, do you want to do this show? And I was like, maybe it had to, you know, you have to try out course, and all that. Yeah. And then they said, I was like, well, what is it on? And they're like, Netflix. I was like, never, never heard of it. Is it a, no, Shut I'm kidding. No, of course yeah. not. I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh, hell yeah. Uh, and that, that was just like, and then it happened just like so quick where you're yeah. kind of thrown into this thing. So it's been an amazing. That's amazing. There's nothing I've been more proud of that I've done in that kind of TV realm than this because a lot of projects before I've walked away I was like oh it was okay or you know you know food stuff can go kind no, of listen as someone yeah, who's been so a part of a hundred different things yes and, and have been on all these shows which I appreciate every opportunity I get of course sometimes you leave a set and you're like that was shit yeah <laughs> <laughs> that food was shit this 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 show is never gonna make it right why am I here you know et cetera, et cetera. right that's that's what it is when you right, when you t- when right. You, and when I walked casting. and I walked off the final table being like that feels good, you know? Like, yeah. I know it's going to do well, uh, but I can also walk away like the caliber of chefs. I mean, you've seen the, the all-star celebrity chefs who are the judges, like right. Grant Ackett yeah. and Enrique yeah. I've also Sophie Peake. seen a screener. Oh, you have? Yeah. So okay. let me, I'm going to get right into this. Okay. Here's the thing. I have stood in the position where you, where you are on yes. this show. I have yes. hosted shows. I've judged shows. I've competed on a number of shows. Yes, you have. You 
crush it, dude. Oh, yeah, thanks, did. man. I am blown. Honestly, I'm getting goosebumps like, again because like, like he, I'm also ready. Well, like you said, like he hates Atlanta. Like he can hate on things. No, no, I'm ready to so like we really all honest. people. <laughs> like, like I'm ready to be he's like ready to tell people that you that like, dude or she or whatever. Like, like they, 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 they. I don't know why they're doing why they're in this role. Right, but you, I think, really nailed it. Thank you. Like you are so comfortable. You're a natural authority. You're like funny without being campy. Right. Like now, I know it's all editing. But I'm just kidding. <laughs> it is all editing. I think you, do you, do you, you, are you, you did a great job. Can, I need a new agent. I'm looking for a new <laughs> no. But also, like, I listen. I've done some work with I think the producers of of Final Table. Yeah, old school. Um, and uh, there's there's an element of the show as a viewer. Yes. That is reminiscent of Master Chef. Yes. For professional chefs. Right. I'm sure right. at some point in the pitching process that was said. It's yes. on table. Right. Um, and I've been on those sets, and that's not an easy. Also, it's not an easy place to be a host. Right, because it is a big room. It isn't. It, it is. It's like, intimidating as heck. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. like, I mean, you you have you done something like that before this moment? Not not on that scale. How did you prepare? I, for I, it? I was usually the one who was a judge, judge right. who people didn't yeah. like because I was being mean or I'd take a bite and your role, like, right? You know, yeah. uh, and I think that's why ultimately. I was lucky enough to get the gig was because of that thing you just mentioned is I could go up to a chef and speak their language and I wasn't just some talking head like I my past 20 years my of my life had been like dedicated to people like you right. and following careers and like eating out in restaurants so I think they really tapped onto that I could go up look into a blender and know what was going on there and not have to ask questions and all that but it was I mean, I have to give a shout out to the producers. Like, I've never had anyone in my ear when you're doing television like that. Yeah, and so and they had they're both from England. Yes, and so those accents. I've worked with them. It took me like by the third or fourth episode to actually understand what they were saying in my ear, and they're just like Andrew, you know. (laughs) Um, But it was and and in the chefs we got, I think I put them at ease that I wasn't, you know, I, I was a food authority if i can say that you know right. about somebody who 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 was empathetic and sympathetic to what was happening and i never wanted to make it like okay like you know let them out of their cage and like go perform you know get out there and cook your your best it was that's where i think the show does a good job of like i hold chefs in super high esteem and this show does the same thing by treating them and not telling them that their blender doesn't work on purpose, right? Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, and I think not that I've ever seen a show do that. No, before. no, and that's um, fun. Look, I like, clear. I yeah. like, I like watching that stuff too. Like, I like watching train wrecks happen as much as the next person. But I think showing that artistry of like somebody slicing a beautiful piece of Kobe beef and then like how to, how to sear it and all that. Like, there was no learning curve for these people, right? Well, also, I mean, it seems like again, these are these are. I, I just saw a little bit of the first episode. These are world-renowned chefs. They're right? great, yeah. Generally speaking, though, Mi- Michelin star chefs, yeah, all sorts of rewards. Whatever the that talent is yeah. obvious right from the get-go, yeah. Um, but also, not necessarily names you've seen before. That's on right. Television. Or maybe That's faces, right. Right? You've, faces seen you've seen before. Names you've totally, heard totally. Yeah. Um, and that also means probably just like you know, first time someone's in your ear. Maybe for some of them, the first time they've been in a live competition uh, oh heck yeah with the clock and like with yeah. like the pressure of that right so i think the host in that situation has even a greater role right to sort of be able to sort of draw out the personality and sort of the even the education from right from the and, and you know somebody who's done this like how hard it is to go out and have a time limit to cook a dish that wows somebody I, i've always said that like the culinary arts 
is one of the few things, even in a restaurant, where you have to create something and then five seconds later, as quick as your runners can get the food to the table, people are judging you on something. Because yeah. every other art form, whether it's art or literature or cinema, there's amazing editors. Yeah. You know, it goes through a yeah. vetting process. I always say that it is. It's, um, I think it's better. Sometimes, I used to say musicians, but it's not really music. It's more comedy and acting. It's improv. Comedy, yes. It's improv. You've rehearsed. You kind of know what your kind of forte are or where your strengths are. Right. But then you still have to create this dish for a bunch of know-it-alls. Because you guys know food is so subjective. Mm. And that's something that in 2018, everybody's an expert. Right. And I think that's why... The explosion in culinary, just as a, just as a medium, people are so interested in in hearing about it, you know, because that is something. Not all of us can go make movies or make music, but everyone can go home and microwave a burrito. Like right. that's cooking, you know. Yeah, to some extent. Now I, I notice again. I only saw bits of one episode. the The judges are, are are a really interesting range too. It seems like you have like, or at least in this episode, the celebrity judge. You have the, like, yes. the, the critical Ambassador, like yeah. I, I this is what I do for a living right uh, and then like sort of the the in you know the the middle you know the in between sort of right person. I think that was important to have like you want to have those celebrity judges that people recognize at home who may who maybe aren't food nerds like right you and but they, rep- I. they right. represent some of them are though right I mean a lot of there are they're, they're, they're all yeah. into food but <laughs> right. it's not like you know they all have I feel like my in my career I have not had the I, I cannot decide whether I like a food or not. I just have to eat it and judge it on that. Yeah. Because somebody who I'm writing for likes kidneys. Right. So I have to eat those kidneys because I'm representing a certain population. Right. And I think that's where the – it's great. The culinary uh, celebrities, the, those ambassadors were amazing because they also brought like – they were raised on these dishes that this Japanese cook is now having to cook right. their national dish. Right. But then you have the double whammy of the food critic right. who are terrors. I mean, <laughs> for the U.S., it's Sam Sifton. Right. I don't know if you, he ever reviewed any of your places. In the thankfully, U.K. Thankfully not. You have Jay Rayner who's right. like, oh my those British, wow. those, yeah. those British yeah. restaurant critics are brutal. Well, Br- the British back. critics of anything. Have you ever watched an English football match? Right. Oh, yeah. They're, 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 if your team's winning critics. 3-0, <laughs> it's not good enough. Horrible. Horrible. It's not good enough. Yeah. The season is going downhill. <laughs> We're only up by three goals. It's not going to work Barely out. Holding but on. I think that was important for the chefs also to have, you know, to have the average opinion but also have these food critics. And then... For the second half of the show, if those people whose whose dishes didn't impress those judges, then they had to go in front of Enrique Olvera or Aunt Sophie Peak or Narasawa. Right. Which was talk about an intimidating thing or going in front of, I know you've probably cooked for Grant Ackett's or whomever, like going in front yeah. of somebody like that. Cooking with them. Well, Grant's a, f- a friend. I've, yeah, I've made box spaghetti for Grant. Actors. Yeah, so like that, well, that is a friend. Really, really yeah. trying to impress. But you uh, can really imagine being a young chef and right. like all yeah. of a sudden you're having to cook this food for Grant Ackett's. And a lot of them said, you know, I hate that I'm in the bottom three right now, but at least I get to cook for Grant. Yeah. Mm, Grant Ackett's. Yeah. You know, I would say yeah. that's. I, I've never heard anyone say that. Like, <laughs> I mean, credit to Grant. Hey, everyone, if you're looking to buy a car, you're probably familiar with terms like MSRP. You might even know what it stands for. But what does it actually mean? The same goes for invoice, list price, and dealer price. It's enough to confuse anybody. All you're really looking for is a price that actually means something. Introducing True Price from True Car. Now you know exactly what you'll pay for the car you want, including fees and accessories, before you even get to the dealership. 
True Car dealers will show you the true price on cars like the one you want, all from the comfort of your home or someone else's home. And how do you know if your true price is a great price? Because True Car shows you what other people paid for that same car that you want. And your certified dealers know this, so they set their true price competitively so they can win your business. So when you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Some features are not available in all states. The advanced specialists at the Center for Innovative GYN Care developed groundbreaking minimally invasive techniques to treat fibroids, endometriosis, and other GYN conditions. In response to growing concerns over the coronavirus, CIGC now offers e-visits. We know GYN conditions don't stop affecting your life. CIGC wants to be here for you as you seek options to find relief from debilitating gynecologic symptoms such as abnormal bleeding and pelvic pain. With telemedicine Medicine options now available. Book a consultation at InnovativeGYN.com or call 888-SURGERY. That's InnovativeGYN.com or 888-SURGERY. At American University, we don't just hope for change. We create it. We don't just dream of a better world. We make it a reality. With a graduate degree from AU, you'll access expert faculty and connections throughout D.C. to develop skills and experience to turn your passion into purpose. And that purpose can make all the difference in your career. Discover the difference a degree makes at american.edu slash gradschool. Make sure to stick around after this podcast to get the latest headlines from the AP News Minute. Can't get enough Richard Blaze? Then take a listen to any of Podcast One's other fantastic food shows. Every Wednesday, Michelle Davis and Matt Holloway of Forked Up, a Thug Kitchen podcast, serve up their own brand of food, politics, and pop culture. And chef Rick Bayless and food journalist Steve Delinsky team up every Wednesday to travel the globe while tackling food trends on The Feed. Check out Thug Kitchen and The Feed every week on Podcast One or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Now back to Starving for Attention with Richard Blaze. When you're competing on these shows, right, it's like even though people write about us and, and yes. for a magazine or a newspaper or whatever it is, usually if they say something that's not great about us, most chefs behind the scenes are like, they don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> right. Like, I, they might agree with this one thing. I might, they, yeah, they didn't yeah. get it. They right, didn't they get didn't get it. it, they, it right. But, but, but on, when you're in front of the camera and you're on a television show, it's all of a sudden like, you know, it's everyone. Yeah. Right? Like, the pressure is totally different. Like, you can get a bad review from a critic, but if someone is face-to-face on a television, you're saying, oh, the dish wasn't that good. What, what was harder for you? Was it getting a restaurant reviewed in the traditional magazine newspaper way? Or, right. or was it on camera somebody being like, you over-seasoned your dish? I think, I, I, think, I think because of the actual medium, you know, the mm-hmm. fact that it's a camera and it's televised is different mm-hmm. than reading a newspaper or I reading an online. criticism is always harder Criticism is always right. It's yeah. always tough. Face-to-face, though. It's always That's great tough. when it's great, right? And it's, right. and it's always not so nice when it's, when it's bad. But I would say the, the thing that was the best for me competing on these shows was like, there's, like you, it's, it makes you like almost immune to criticism right. when 5 million people or whatever it is are, are, like, are listening to someone like, talk bad what, about your work. Exactly. And once, once that happens, now you can do anything you want. You can freedom. do anything. Right. Yeah. And I think the, the cool thing about you know, those restaurant critics, they're one thing. Uh, I include myself <laughs> in that. In you that, are. You're <laughs> those obnoxious people. But when you see these you know, world-renowned chefs critiquing, judging the contestants – they do it because they themselves have been judged and they don't want to be that. They do it with such nuance and like almost like I saw them 
like if if these people were working for them and they'd given them a dish, mm-hmm. how they would critique it. It was so nuanced yeah. about the detail with like this needed more acid or I'm not sure why you put that artichoke leaf with this because artichoke doesn't go with anything. Right. You should have known that. But also yeah. uh, like I would have done this different. Even Jay Rayner? Well, Jay Rayner okay. is a different story. <laughs> oh, yeah. the, but the, the chefs, chefs. Right. Yeah, the, the chefs, chefs come from a certain understanding, and they're that, used to being in that position. Too. They, but it was also that that was the hardest part, and I think you can see it in the show for them was to actually tell a team that they had to go home. Yeah. And I know if you've experienced yeah. that, but like that's a hard thing when your own person across you know who does the same job you do is saying. Yeah, it is hard, but it does. It is a moment that separates a great television show from a show that's not great. Because unfortunately, as as a judge, as as a judge, from that perspective, I'd like to be the Stephen A. Smith of the food world. That's what I'm saying. If you need just to sound off on anything, if you need a jerky (laughs) judge to come in for season two, you let me know. I'm there. I think you're Stephen. I'm gonna let Grant Ackett know what's up with that floating balloon. I won't because he's a friend. (laughs) But you know what I'm saying. Like I think sometimes it can be too nice. There can be a nicety. There is. In the 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 there is. And I've always said that if you have a great, if you have a great, maybe not a great chef, but if you have a great restaurant city, I don't care where it is around the world. Usually you have a great critic in that city mm. and i think a lot of people suffer in smaller towns don't have that it's all like they wanted to their city's horn and you know you look at la you know jonathan gold he had a lot to do with people and the success of a lot of those restaurants and people trying new things same thing with new york and if you go to some cities and there's not somebody holding somebody to task or they're just being like you know what everything we do in this city is awesome yeah mm. you know that's not that's not helping well, let me anybody because this i think is a real thing that's happening yeah, right uh-huh. now is the food critic the true food critic is it, a, is, it is it a dying i think it is job? i it think is. it is i think just first of all the economics of it uh is hard for somebody to do that the toll that it takes on that individual like eating out every exactly. night and doing that um but i think the the good side of that is i think you're going to get more people telling the story of the people behind the restaurants which is almost as interesting as What's in front of you? I mean, I think one thing that I've the difference in twenty years of you know, quote unquote, reviewing restaurants is I used to only be concerned with like what was on the plate, and of course, the music mattered and the lighting and all that mattered. But it was really like, what did the food taste like? But now I recognize that there's so much good food out there that I'm a I love a good story also. Yeah. And I think that plays into it. And usually where there's a great story, there's great food. Right. And if for too long, those stories weren't being told. It was just like, this dish was too salty. Like, if you go back and read the old New York Times reviews, they didn't even talk about the chefs. Like, they didn't even talk about storylines or anything. It was just like, dish, 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 dish. And I don't know how you feel about that, but I like to hear the story. Like, we're all humans making something. Yeah. No, I feel like it's yeah. like, in this moment especially, where everyone has their own brand and everyone has their own channel basically right, right? um it's what separates it what's yes like you're saying i we can cook a delicious dish it can be the same thing but it's the story it's the story that, and i we have those for every i mean we try to say listen you, the server needs to know in a restaurant the right. backstory of every dish and if i know if i know the evolution of of richard blaze going from new york to when he worked in atlanta and then through instagram knowing when you moved to san <laughs> yes. diego yeah. and like you got fit and you got healthy and you changed your life that way. Then when I go eat in your restaurant, 
I think it's amazing. I can still go to a museum and look at a Caravaggio and respect Caravaggio. But if I know his place in art and what he or she was trying to do, right. that adds so much more to the experience. Absolutely. Like, and I think that's... She, he was a madman. Yeah. Now I get it. Exactly. <laughs> it's a melting clock. And, that's, <laughs> and, and I don't know if you noticed <laughs> in the, in the, first, the first episode that we kind of do those... Olympic moments where you go back to the chef's hometown and see where they came from. So they're yeah. not just, you know, people on a stage performing for us all, but they they have children. They have they had a terrible childhood that instead of picking up a guitar or a paintbrush, they picked up a knife and it changed their life. Yeah, I think the show does a great job of getting into some of those stories. What do you think? Okay, someone who's listening to this, they've never seen Final Table yet. They're they're about to binge, you know, the whole season. Yeah, because that's what's going to happen. Hopefully, that's Netflix. Yeah, yeah. That's how it works, <laughs> right? Um, what's what's the separator from this show from other shows? Well, I think it's I think the reverence we have for chefs, and I think just. There's 9,000 cameras in that, that huge arena, if you were, that space. Every, I think just showing the beauty of what you do is just the knife skills and the creativity that they have. It's, this is not a show where like, we're throwing people under the bus. It's just a beautiful show that tells the story of amazing chefs. And it's not just U.S. chefs. It's globe, global chefs. You know? And like, I won't even be – like when they show this in Italy – I'll be dubbed. Like, nobody will get to hear my beautiful voice coming in. I'll be like, yeah. you know, Jerry Seinfeld in Italy. There's a guy who made yeah. a living off of, like, right. Jerry Seinfeld. No, you'll voice. be uh, being yeah. George Clooney. You're going to be the yeah. Andrew Knowlton version of that. So I, think- I am the Italian Andrew Knowlton. <laughs> yeah. Like, look, look at what you have ahead of you. Yeah. That's oh, going to be can't amazing. Wait. I can't wait to meet that person. Sorry for them. Um, but I think that's the cool thing. It's just the global. That's going to be the separation. And I think if if I can put it in a way, it's like – it's it's combining the beauty of something like I think Chef's Table happens to be on Netflix is a beautiful show that shows the artistry and the reverence that some people have for food and the way they perform it, but also having that platform where if somebody does love an unscripted show and that competition, that the two kind of meet in the middle in in a very pleasing way. And I think you know it appeals to idiotic food nerds like myself, but also appeals to perhaps my mom who, you know, is just wants to see flames come up from so right. can we coin a new can we can we start saying netflix and grill can we did i just i think i just hashtag this netflix and grill. Uh, we usually play a game on the podcast i love games like, are you down Perfect. for games i love this games one's, uh, a, a fun one of course they're usually somewhat punny um and this one is called we of course it's get to know andrew nolton right i get it i get, get it, it? Okay, here we go. <laughs> yeah we've had better puns um I'm going to name two things. You, you tell me uh, either or. Which one? Either or. Yeah, Which one? Maybe why? So this or this. Which yeah. one I like. Yeah. Oh, yeah okay. Yeah, so we're getting to know right. you. Yeah. Pretty yeah. simple. Coffee or tea? Tea. Hands down. Yeah. Don't drink coffee. Oh, wow. No. You're pretty energetic. Green tea. Green tea is yeah. the secret. Okay. So, yeah. so it's, not a, it's not a caffeine thing. No, no, no. It's literally all the junk that I put in my body that if I put coffee on top of it would just eat the lining of my there stomach yeah, yeah. I, I should cut back you've been telling me i need to cut yeah. back <laughs> also though i feel like you're a pretty posh guy like you're you're also fit like your hand like i feel like is tea, tea is, more posh than I like more tea posh. i drink tea too so right? I, but yeah, coffee's become the most posh thing yeah, like what what yeah, tea hasn't gone to like what farm does it come from yet I mean, people are trying. People they're, are trying. trying. Yeah, they're trying. People are, people but are trying. But you also can't right. get tea yeah. with like a bunch of like this is whipped LA. cream can, and caramel. I can on get it, a drone. Yeah. I mean, not here. We're in the basement. But I could usually. <laughs> I mean, we could get a, a, someone to drop us off some tea leaves here via drone. Uh, here we go. <laughs> breakfast or brunch? Oh, breakfast, hands down. Mm. Brunch. 
I've written you're not many a times. Guy. You're not into them. I just brunch is it's like going out for Valentine's Day or or New Year's Eve. It's amateur hour, right? Mm. I don't need champagne and and uh, orange juice, right? Gotcha. But like, well, I mean, brunch is just like a late breakfast anyway, right? Can it? Can, it's it it's con- less about the food and more. Gosh, should I say that? It's more just about. I don't know, just people hung over and it's like people don't go out normally and they, they're so demanding and every cook hates it's cooking yeah. brunch. You kind of don't realize it, but it's mostly, yeah, it's, it's, like, it's like the B, you know, it's, I don't want to say the B team, but it's like, you know, right. you, you haven't earned your tenure. If you're working brunch, you're not a senior member right. usually of whatever that kitchen is. <laughs> I hear you. What's your, what is your go-to, uh, what's your go-to breakfast? I eat a banana with some sort of all nut of butter. the almond butter in the house. And, That's and, what your I, I, I eat a banana so and just, all of the health? almond butter in the house every day. Every what was time. it? What was it? Fifteen years ago, what was your breakfast of Mexi choice? I do like a good Mexi yeah, melt. But it was probably, what's the iconic McDonald's breakfast? Thing? English oh, yeah, the McMuffin. Yeah, McMuffin. But I mean, I will still say that the McGriddle is the most molecular gastronomy. Like if Wiley Dufresne. Could have done McGriddle on the yeah. menu, people yeah. would go nuts it for it. It is. McDonald's does it and it's like have oh, you ever, it's not cool. Have enough. you ever got one of those and washed off the sauce and seen like how they put that it's like meat glue putting that thing and then they have the fake like rib things? Yeah. Oh, oh uh, the McRibs? McRib? Oh First yeah. Yeah. Mc, yeah. Careful what you say right now. <laughs> I am a fan of the McRib. No, no, I am okay, too. Right. You're not alone. Yeah. There's yeah. like I once four. I have eaten five McRibs it's back to back to back to back. Rich, it's a seasonal food. It's a seasonal food. shake. It's liquid smoke and <laughs> yeah. some sort of like thing that looks Ketchup. like a rib. It looks right. like a rib. You know what I think they put in? You would be blown. I, feel, I swear to God, there's caraway in there. Like there's caraway. You think they're going that deep into the spice I larder? A, I, I think so. Like you know, you might not know, but I think there's a, a trickle of caraway. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm just I'm just saying. I could, By the way, when you said scraped off this thing, I feel like you've been in a meeting then and have sent people <laughs> out trying to figure it out. Listen, the two of you, you're going to McDonald's to scrape off the McGriddle, <laughs> right? Like I do that with all the fast food. Right. I grew up. I was raised on fast food. Right. But, but I mean, I'm just saying, like, so as editor in chief, now I'm going back a little bit. But as editor in chief, have you ever had these like, what does it get into the Greek? Where like P Diddy is like the the music, and he's like basically telling his his staff, he's like, "You're gonna go out there and find me the next like." You've been right, in these right. meetings where you're sending yeah, out go find, yeah, yeah, go. You're find gonna write a story about a McRiddle, right? <laughs> go find me the next Trisket. I want to find right? the next Trisket. Exactly. Does that happen though? I'm I'm curious. Like, I mean, because you have to find things that are like hot topics. Dude, right? it happened with the it happened with the pita chip. Oh. Uh, what's her name? Stacy's Pita Chips. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was started in her house, and I went to a fancy food show in New York, which right. is this thing where everyone yeah. brings their, their their the next big idea. And and I tasted this pita chip, and I literally said to the person I was with at the time, "Why would anyone buy like stale pita chips? No, they're not stale, <laughs> but like <laughs> right, right, yeah. And I'm an idiot, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Instead of investing heavily, that one, yeah. at the Javits Center, yeah, you were like, no, okay. Pluto TV is the leading free streaming television service. Watch over 100 TV channels and thousands of movies on demand, all completely free. Pluto TV never asks for a credit card. You don't even need to sign up to watch for free. Pluto TV is the easy and completely legal way to watch your favorite TV shows and hit movies for free. What are you waiting for? Never pay for TV again by downloading Pluto TV. You can download Pluto TV for free on all of your favorite devices today, including your phone, Roku, Amazon Fire TV, Apple TV, Smart TVs, PlayStation, and anywhere else you stream. Back to our game. Uh, Red or white? Oh. Yeah. You're like, I have to choose one. You're... you're I guess I have to go with a light red. Okay. I'm a, I'm a Gamay, Beaujolais, light. 
Yes. We're talking about wine. Yes, we are, I mean, we are. Yeah, you could yes. have taken it. I mean, it, 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 it does just say red or white, but yeah, yeah we are talking okay. about wine. I would but assume. then I would say if, if I had a desert island, it would be, right. yeah. it would be champagne. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Okay. Be Which would Reasonable. be a red. It could be. I mean, technically right. I hear you. He's, a he's light red, the by the yeah. way. Light red. Again, continue. Very specific. You're a posh gentleman. Now... Is can or bottle when it comes to beer? And you're in Austin now. What do you like? If you're, I've, I'm, I've was raised on cans, and I will always be a can guy. There's something about popping the top on a can, isn't and, it? and and you know, down in Austin, you don't walk like you have your wallet and your keys, or you have your purse, and doesn't matter what gender, you have a koozie. Yeah, it's true. You they yeah. you can whip out a koozie. Like I'm ashamed I don't have one right now. But in that heat, you have to have a koozie. Oh, yeah. I like it. And a can fits better and looks better in but a koozie. But this isn't a game. But now I'm just kind of trying to be a hipster myself. <laughs> what about um, uh, fanny packs? Are they coming back? Like they're I feel back. like I they're feel like people back. are. Come on, they're, they're all back. over Coachella. They're back. No. There's no, fanny there's packs no hipsters in, the room. in this okay, room. All right, no. I'm just looking at that glass. Yeah, there's, there's hipsters <laughs> in this room. Uh, okay, here we go. Dine in or take out. I would say for the past 20 years, dine out, but recently, dine in. Right. I've rediscovered grilling in America. I never got to do that in New York, and now yeah. I have, I've got three grills in my backyard. Yes. Ooh. Nice. And I've re- everything I've learned from intelligent chefs Damn like that Netflix you. Life, man. You got three grills, <laughs> son? Yeah. You got three grills? Well, they, they are the, like... Ninety nine dollar ones. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I need mean, to get on the. I don't have a. Train. I don't have a links. What's the links? Which costs like twenty thousand dollars. You have. I'm assuming with the. Uh, you have a. You have an egg somewhere. I've somewhere. got. Well, yeah. that's an uh, ATL that, thing. Yeah, I've yeah. got a big green course, egg. I got a Weber. I got a Weber. ATL. Yeah. 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 But I like that three. You know what I want to do? This is now just two grill guys. <laughs> I have also recently become podcast. that dude who I never thought I'd be like, just like the dad who likes to grill yes. steaks on Sunday and have football games in the background. What? Why didn't you think you'd be that guy? I don't, I, I don't know. Cause like, I'm, not, I'm, I'm, I, like, yeah. I, I own tweezers your, as a chef. Yeah, exactly. Like I never yes, thought you that did. Would, right, right. I but still do. Here's but. a question for you. Do you yeah. own a gas grill? I we do have a gas grill that we inherited in our home. So okay, we, I am also a thrill. thrill, thrill <laughs> I, say, I just grills. realized yeah. I do have three grills. Have three okay, grills, I see the um, tables of two. Yeah. yeah, but I always, you know what I want to do? I want to. I have one grill that's the exact um, size of a wok, wood burning wok. I would take one of Let's those. Do it. But see, Let's I never thought I would, because I, I've written a million times, like, don't own a gas grill. And then I realized when you pick kids up from school and you have access like that you can just turn it on yeah. and they want hot dogs. Right. Exactly. That and you still want, life, you it's know, like, that two-hour prep time, right. you got it, you got it. You right. Um, okay, back to our game. Poke yes. bowl, sushi burrito. So trendy right now, oh, these two things. God. So trendy. I'm gonna have to go. Uh, I'm gonna have to go with the poke bowl because poke bowl is at least rooted in some sort of traditional dish, and okay. the and the burrito is just it's not somebody being bored. Yeah, you're like, wait a second. Yeah, you wrapped a tortilla on everything in this poke bowl. <laughs> Sushi bowl just looks like yeah. a small burrito. I will. Yeah. I listen. I also think from the sometimes we talk about tech and like trends and stuff, and I feel like the poke bubble. Is definitely half is going to burst. It is, and it's a shame because it's an amazing dish. When right. you go to Hawaii and like, yeah. if you get good seafood and delicious yeah. rice, it's, it's an amazing Milwaukee dish. Isn't ready for nineteen no. poke concerts. Talk about the most the, the the most kind of bastardized dish of the past two years has been the poor poke bowl. Mm. Yeah. It is, but it's but when, but man, at a at a at a Seven Eleven and and you know in <laughs> Maui, in, in yeah. Maui, oh, yeah. that's where the you best. Right? Superettes, they call them. You can just oh, go in. Yeah. It is. It's yeah, kind of, it's kind of the best. Okay, here we go. Back to this room service 
or hotel bar? Hotel bar, always. Oh, I'm, not a, I'm not a room service guy. Yeah? So I am a room service guy. Really? Why? What don't you like about room Well, service? I'm not as famous as you, so you probably stay in the room so nobody sees you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's exactly that's, what it is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, mine is more that I, I'm usually by myself and order for three. And like it's sort of the embarrassment of like, oh, well, at least if I'm behind the door, that you can. They don't know how many people yeah. are in the room. But I, but I, I just love, I love restaurants, and I love being in a restaurant, and sure. I would love to. I love, I like drinking, and I like talking to bartenders, and like that was mm. when I was traveling the country doing the hot tin list for Bon Appetit. Sol- my solace, my only communication was talking to bartenders, like shooting the shit. And you also know a lot. Right off the bat about a restaurant with the bartender. Absolutely. Right? And, and, and if the food program is connected to it's the bar. It's good. So hands down, always go to the bar. I, I appreciate that. Um, and also the service charge. Like, you know, were you paying 20% for someone to pull some plastic wrap off of a soup that was in a hot Room service before? is expensive. They gouge you. It's expensive. Yeah. They gouge you. Yeah, pretty good. Um, but it is fun. You, you know who loves room service? My daughters. Whenever I travel oh, with them, kids. they're like, oh, it yeah. blows their mind. Yeah, yeah it, totally. Well, think of I want I to know, breakfast I know. in the room. Yeah. Like, again, totally. I know you're getting like on the Netflix dollar now. You're getting the yeah, sweets. Right. You're in that sweet <laughs> life. But like you can sit on the edge of your bed, watch TV, and someone Any brings pancakes. a tray of food yeah. in front of you. No, it blows. Something and you don't have to change that. the channel. Yeah. You can just no. watch it. Yeah. Right. You got yeah. chicken wings. You can wipe your hands on bathroom towels. And somebody like, will come. Just, yes. Yeah. It's just amazing. Yeah. Okay. Um, I know this one is close to both of our hearts. Mm-hmm. I feel like we already connected over the WGN, TBS. Yes. Sort of that's stuff. big. Uh, Hillstone or Houston's? Oh, man. No one even, does anyone even know what we're talking about? Okay, this is, yeah, yeah, okay. This is America's, America's best restaurant. I will go. <laughs> well, first of all. No, I read, he wrote oh, a piece. You wrote I read that. It. You it's did. Great, you wrote, I did. I wrote that story. Respect. I, I had a ton of respect be- before this moment. I got to go. Now. I mean, I took so many prom dates to Houston's on Lennox, Lennox Road in, in Atlanta. <laughs> yeah. And Where they don't serve the chicken vinegars. No, they don't. Right, but they do on Peachtree. It's because everybody's like, taking their prom dates. There. But like Lennox has got serve a that local. But I didn't know why I loved that place so much growing up. But now when I did the story, I mean, they, do you know wobbly tables are the bane of any restaurateurs right. or chef? They bolt the tables down into the ground so there's no wobbly tables. Yeah, they're so smart. Yeah, you're. you're, you're we you're, love that. It blew yeah, my mind. Are, we I, okay. have followed them religiously. I, you know, one of one of my first restaurant jobs ever. Was that a Houston's in Little Mall on Long Island? Really? It's, and it's where like consistency sort of was like, oh, wow, yeah, that's really like they do some amazing things there. Yeah. I mean, and the veggie burger is like lights out. I feel like oh, every yeah. chef could work at like a, a, a Waffle House type place, a diner, some place right? where you're just throwing food out at people. Yeah. Right. And something as organized as a Houston's. Right. What's your order at Houston's? Yeah. What do you get? Oh, oh. oh man, I like the Hawaiian steak a lot. Oh, I really go for that. I do. Yeah, it is good. It the is good. salads, though, the Chinese chicken salad or whatever they call it now, right, right, and big, is so and big good. Salads. Big like, salads. These, these are a meals. Meal. Yeah, yeah. These, are, these, are meals. these are meals. Uh, but now they have sushi at their places know, right? too. Yes, yeah. where we lived in Miami for a click. That was the yeah. first time and we it saw was like, sushi on the menu. Houston's has sushi on the menu. This is crazy. But even that, as a concept that has multiple locations, and now I have restaurants that have multiple locations. I love the fact that you can only be a half a mile away from one of their other places. But the menu's got just a click of nuance to it. Chicken sandwich. Man, I could go right, on about that yeah. place. So, I really do. So Hillstones or Houston's or the Rutherford, no, Rutherford he, Grill. Rutherford Grill. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, so the Honor Bar. Have you been to the Honor Bar? No. no. What is that? So there's, 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 one, another, there's one in Beverly Hills. It's another Houston's concept under a different name. Yes. Yeah. 
It's called the everywhere. it's called the Honor Bar. There's one in Santa Monica. Really? Oh, uh, go. it's God, it's so good. The White House in it's, Aspen. It's, it's uh, the, the White oh, House in Aspen is like <laughs> Yes. I was like, that is my favorite restaurant. The best part about this is for those of you who are not familiar with what we're talking about, we're talking about the same restaurant. I just don't know. Six different different names. And you know why they did that? Was because when Mayor Bloomberg of New York City, or no, maybe it was Giuliani, I don't know. It was the calorie count, and they, I mean, they say they didn't do it for that reason, but basically they didn't want to put the calorie count because they had more than a certain number of locations. And, and it changed it. Grill was because right. I think the city of Napa or whatever didn't want. Uh, and they took it over. And they took it over. Yeah. Like that was that, that's an amazing. Every winemaker, if you're in Napa, Sonoma, and visiting, you have to go to the Rutherford Grill. Yeah, you have to. Hundred yeah. percent. Best you martini. Go, you got to nice. go Rutherford Grill. You got to go to Mustards, and that's like that. Yes. Napa, Napa life. One hundred percent. Okay. Uh, before we turn this into uh, you is not paying for this episode. <laughs> they should sure they, they should <laughs> hit us up, Hillstone? Uh, Okay, this is a tough one for you. Okay. Austin or Manhattan? Oh. Oh, yeah. Well, does, Man- does Brooklyn count? <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Oh, you know what? Austin or Brooklyn? Yeah. Change it up for you. I, have to, I, I still have to go with Brooklyn. Brooklyn, okay. like, kids raised there, met my wife there, defined who I was as a, as a young man. Fair enough, so. fair enough. Mm-hmm. I will say, though, like, when Brooklyn started becoming, like, super hot, right, and it was like, yeah, 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 you know, ten years ago, whatever. You know, when it was really like, yeah, yeah. I, I was just like, it's San Francisco, yeah. <laughs> like Brooklyn is just San Francisco. I mean, in a way, yeah. there's a similarity, right? Between no, no. Every cool, it was like, like yeah. it was a cool neighborhood. You know, all those. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. I got it. Okay, I uh, moved. I moved away. Yes, I, I, I moved true. to Austin, so I, I felt the same way. Uh, this one might be personal. Uh, gators. Or dogs? Oh, dogs all the way. Ooh. First of all, I yeah. you were Jasmine's born in Gainesville. I was. How did that even happen? I know that. But I literally lived there until I was three months old. Okay. So I'm a Bulldog fan all the way. Okay. Oh, wow. That's wow. tough. I'm sorry. Um, see how this, this, this I will root goes. for the Gators if they're playing. But, but when it comes to the, the world's largest cocktail party, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I root for the dogs. Which is this right. weekend where you will be uh, popping cans of beer for the cocktail party. I will with a koozie. But I'm, I'm, uh, you know, I'm adopted Gator. We got to go there. OTP, ITP. What is that Outside stand? the perimeter, inside the perimeter. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, inside yeah. the perimeter. Okay. Inside the there perimeter. Jay-Z or Beyonce? Beyonce. Totally. Oh course yeah. uh lil kim or Nicki minaj oh dude that's controversial really controversial uh i'll go with uh i'll go with Nicki minaj oh i like it a classic <laughs> yeah and uh the last one here food fest or music festival well, they're the same thing yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. That's the secret <laughs> answer. The that was a answer. trick question. Yep. They yep. are now the same. I opened for Post Malone a couple weeks ago. Um, kind not, of technically, not, exactly. not really on the same stage, but at the same, at the same venue. I met somebody the other yeah. day who was going to Austin at ACL, which yeah. is the big thing in Zilker yeah. Park in Austin. And I was like, who are you going to see? He's like, I'm not going to see anybody. I'm going to eat all the food. I was like, really? You're paying 120 bucks to go eat this food? And they're like, absolutely. That's wow. just background noise to me. Yeah. Wow. No, it's, it's chron- I mean, I actually love it because yeah, um, a lot great. of what I'm doing right now are these live shows, live, live performances, and like sh- chefs, comedians, uh, traditional artists, and musicians now are all living in these festivals on different little stages. 
And what a great way to spend a weekend. Oh, it's rad. Right? You, go, you yeah, got to eat. Like, yeah. listen, where can you? Where else can you go listen to Post Malone, watch David Spade for an hour, and we'll see Richard Blaze live? Yeah. Right? <laughs> the opening act. Yep. When are we going to do Final Table live? Yeah. <laughs> At one of these. Ooh, ooh, that's a live is yeah. Live is hot. I'm telling mm-hmm. you, live. I'm sure Netflix is. Like they do Peter Pan yeah. and all that online. Yeah. What's the key? Yeah. So, uh, real quick, before we wrap this up, what's the key to get? Like, I've been in Netflix a couple times. I've been in that. I've been downstairs. In that, you got that big. Well, you've been further than I have, dude. Okay, well, well you got a gig, so uh, it worked out for you. But if you, if you got the secret how to get past the front door, you let me know. Uh, last thing we'd like to do, Andrew Knowlton, you're awesome, dude. Congratulations on the new Thank show. Thank you Final so much, table. everyone. You got to watch all the episodes in one sitting. Before Thank you. That's the challenge. Hold on, I want yeah. before eighty six. Yeah. I want to jump in and just because you know we have a lot of Southern California listeners, mm. and you're in LA. Where are you eating? Oh, good question. So tonight I'm going to a place called Simone, which is Jessica Largi's place. She used to be the head chef at Manresa. Yeah. Uh, David Kinch's place. Super hot. Super hot right now. I definitely want to check that out. And then I was just told, I always like to go to San Gabriel Valley at least once when I'm down there. So I'm going to Beijing... Pie House, Beijing Pie House. Awesome. God. Dude, I've got a whole list. Like, everybody that I've talked to today has just been gushing over this place. Oh, really? That's insane. How so do you I'm going to fit, dude? Cycling and mm-hmm. running. Yeah, you look like a, you soul cycle. No, I'm okay. more of like a steel. Steel is yeah. real. I get on my bike and ride. Oh, wow. I will steel if I have real. to. Steel is real. That's the, you just named this episode. <laughs> oh no, that's that that's. Right? I don't know, Matt. That's, that's some old Italian right. dude who's been making bikes you for thousands of years. Uh, last thing we like to do is uh, we call this eighty six. It's 86. Something that Andrew Knowlton would like to 86 in the world, in the food world. Uh, it could be anything you want. I've been talking, I've mentioned this. My least favorite food is, and I, if it died today, I wouldn't shed a tear, are kiwis. Wow. I hate you don't like kiwis. kiwis. Damn, I love you, dude. <laughs> I love you. Like, we've connected on so many levels. If, today. if you like, like what, no what, what a monkey testicle no. would probably be like that ha- is green and has an inordinate amount of seeds in it I and like that tastes like would, nothing, would, would be, be like. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. right. Have you had I, the yeah. golden ones, though? No, I don't even. Okay, but I mean, to... it is different. Try it. Try the golden I, ones. I just think that any, I don't like the green ones. I don't like foods that people think that they have. Like, they come with their own They're little funky. cup, though. Have you ever seen that for kids? Uh, so does an avocado. So does an avocado. Nine and six. Okay. They don't know what a kiwi is because there's never been like one a mile yeah. within my house. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you are the first person. Not only are you the first person in 86 kiwi, you're the first person in 100 episodes to 86 a fruit. It's true. It's true. Yeah. a good one. Like we have 19 Donald Trump, 17 Caesar salads, and now a kiwi on the list. I eat, I eat everything, and I pretty much love everything, but kiwis are something that I, I will. I want to do a show about how, and this has nothing to do with the people of New yeah. Zealand. I just want to point that of out. Of course. Oh, yeah. no, but I, you know, part of the reason, it, when, when I was growing up, when you went to the grocery store, it was this huge marketing campaign. It was like the first fruit that was marketed. I, I, mm. I think Do you know what that, I mean? That's true. Yeah. Like they would have a huge display the way they do for pistachios and like cranberries now. Right. It was all about these kiwis. And uh, granted, I was probably getting the rock hard ones that you, they tasted like card, like wet cardboard to me. Right. And then there was a bunch of <laughs> seeds in them. And you never knew how to eat them. Like you had to peel them. No. Like I, I, she like Jasmine likes kiwis. I'm yeah. with you. I yeah. Like We're gonna. Ones. 
I'll try a golden Maybe Next time I'll look at one I'm not going to try it Well I hope there's no kiwis on the menu At the Beijing Pie House I don't think there will be There will be Dude thank you so much for Thank you for having me Congratulations on the show Thank you Like you crushed it And it's going to be incredibly successful I was always sad when you When you left the ATL I was sad Because you were like We were we were brothers in the ATL And then you left We're back We've moved on Global Yes We're going global uh, we'll see you again, I hope, right? We'll, Thank we'll you. Do another of course. Uh, do us to. a favor, everyone. Jump on over to iTunes. Uh, I know you love the episode. Maybe drop us a review. The podcast is the only five-star thing I've ever done in my life. <laughs> so drop us another five-star review. Uh, maybe tell us how great this episode was. Uh, hit subscribe. Do all of those things. And until next week, stay hungry. Thanks for listening to Starving for Attention with Richard Blaze. Download new episodes every Tuesday on the Podcast One app, Apple Podcasts, or PodcastOne.com. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you to our sponsors who help make this all possible because you help as well. Analon Advanced. You can visit Macy's to shop the collection or go to Analon.com now. Rad Power Bikes. Check out RadPowerBikes.com slash podcast to learn more. And of course, Jasmine. True Car. Visit True Car for a better car buying experience. Until next week, everyone. Stay hungry. At American University, we don't just hope for change. We create it. We don't just dream of a better world, we make it a reality. With a graduate degree from AU, you'll access expert faculty and connections throughout D.C. to develop skills and experience to turn your passion into purpose. And that purpose can make all the difference in your career. Discover the difference a degree makes at American.edu gradschool.